1: Clues, a Mother's Day is coming up. That's true. You know, that's one of the most important holidays. We got to honor our mothers. They all went through a lot um, to get us here into this planet. And uh, the gifts for Mother's Day, they can be a little predictable and boring. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. You only need one bathrobe, in my opinion. That's why Aura (laughs) Frames is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages.
0: Aura Frames are Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. You can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame not only is she going to be grateful that it's not just another sweater for mother's day she's also going to love that an aura frame means she gets to see more of you or in my case she gets to see more of my cat scaboolian my mom loves seeing him rolling around playing with his toys doing whatever and i can upload as many images of him as i want every day and my mom gets to see them in her aura frame and then text me about it for all the rest of the day right now Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Everybody listening to Game of Roses can save on that perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15%
1: Tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses.
0: This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Game of roses.
1: I realized that. I've had these women really pour their hearts out to me and continue to be vulnerable, but I was in a place of protection. I was afraid to um, allow myself to open up because it wasn't making sense in my head how I was feeling about four women. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I know is that I have very strong feelings. I'm falling in love with all of the women in, in a different
0: capacity. Wow.
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues 2.0. Because I evolved (laughs) on this night watching what we have now seen. Consuming the media that was set before me on an endless buffet of hooju.
1: Oh my god, Alexander Hamilton?
0: Sure, I'll take it. What we saw tonight... (laughs) Was historic in so many ways. I can barely count that high.
1: I can't stop smiling. I'm like Clayton whenever anyone LL4s him. I just can't stop.
0: Top to bottom, fantastic play. I maybe in the course of us going back through our notes, I'll find one, but I have no error. I have no error.
1: I forget if I have an error. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell.
0: <laughs> Time will tell, I suppose. But I saw no error.
1: I mean, this this episode was phenomenal. There were so many things that left my mouth ajar. I mean, I can't even wait to get into it with you.
0: Yeah, there were a few things that I was like, mm, could have could have maybe played an LL4 there or something, but didn't need to. Because the players who didn't are through to the next round. Even Serene, who obviously got eliminated, spoiler alert, did what she, everything she could do. She played everything perfectly. She may, she played one thing, in fact, very perfectly, which we'll get to in the recap of this. I can't believe it. I can't believe what I fucking saw.
1: You look like you're shitting your pants.
0: Let me check. <laughs> I am not, but emotionally I am. My emotional asshole is shitting my emotional pants.
1: Okay, wait. Clues, before we get to that, we have a piece of business. Please. Do you remember when we got banned from the Grove for a year?
0: Uh, Do I remember it? I'm currently having an artist paint a commemorative oil painting to honor the event.
1: Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I have follow-up questions later. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes, I remember it.
1: Well, it was our first book signing. And if you missed our episode where we discussed it, We have been banned from the Grove for a year due to too many people coming and it being unsanctioned. We didn't call anyone ahead of time, et cetera. But now we are going to have our first ever sanctioned book signing in L.A. Saturday, April 2nd, 2022 at 3 o'clock p.m. That's Pacific time. The event address is 1818 North Vermont Avenue, That bookstore is called Skylight Books, and you can get more info at skylightbooks.com. Masks are required to enter the store and approach the signing table. But I can't wait for this. It's going to be...
0: Yeah, it's going to be very fun.
1: It's going to be Gore 2.0, Grove 2.0, Skylight Books.
0: This will be my my first book signing as Bachelor Clues 2.0 after my transcendence.
1: Ooh, tying it back. Nice transition.
0: Thank you very much. So... Uh, We're super excited about this episode. It's by far the best. I always love the playoffs because you know what you're gonna Mm -hmm. get, especially in a hometowns. You're going to get, with some exception, four hometowns, and then you're gonna get a fucking rose ceremony.
1: You can depend on the structure.
0: Yes, they have to in the playoffs. There's no getting around it. You can fuck around the regular season all you want. Playoffs, they almost elevate the producers of the season who I feel like have not been really up to par. It's like you can't fuck up the playoffs. And indeed, no. not only did they not fuck it up, they tried to, you know, we'll get to some weird shots that they had <laughs> in this and some ways that they presented things, but it didn't even matter because the play was so phenomenal from all four fucking players. God, it was amazing. These are titans of the game. Really some of the best play we've ever seen. And it's uh, yeah. it's just astounding.
1: Four professionals. Start it in their best stuff.
0: It's not even for professionals, though.
1: For professional families.
0: But not even just professional. High-level professional players. These are not just, like, <laughs> people who made it into the game. These are fucking superstars. Rachel Reckie is, Dad, are you shitting me? Can we see him, please?
1: Are you shitting me?
0: I'm saying he could be a sweet numbs figure if... She became Bachelorette.
1: There were several Sweet Nums contenders.
0: God damn it. I know. We have to, I think, give out a Sweet Nums Award for Best Family Member. I love that. I think that's what we got to do.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: And maybe tonight is the the inaugural.
1: Okay, so we're looking for some things in every hometown round. We're looking for glows. That's when the family's like, oh my God, Rachel Reckia, I've never seen you like that. You're glowing. I can see your love. Mm -hmm. It is physically coming out of your body.
0: And while the word glow can be used in it by the family, it doesn't have to be. It can just be, you look so in love. You look so happy. I've never seen you look like this. It's something about the physical appearance of the player has changed due to this relationship. So you're looking for that glow. And then you're also looking for the blessing. The blessing. Which tonight, if there were any errors, it was... A little misunderstanding on what a blessing is coming from some of the players. <laughs> Unless we, we're missing footage, which is totally possible. But a blessing is a formal <laughs> request by the lead from a parent. I know exactly what you're talking about. To have their daughter or son's hand in marriage. You you literally, as a lead, have to say, if it were to come down to your progeny and I were to ask them to marry me, do I have your blessing? Then it has to be given. That's That's the only thing a blessing is. And so tonight, we saw some talk around it. Never really a formal attempt to get it either, which I found pretty interesting.
1: The other things that we sometimes see in this round are familial walls. So, for example, Rachel Recchia loading that her dad will have walls at the meeting of the family portion. Mm -hmm. You'll also sometimes see familial tears. You'll see things happening at the threshold on the porch before they enter you'll see things happening at the auto zone which is the portion of the driveway where the car picks up the person after the date sometimes love level raises happen here
0: we saw one tonight it wasn't at the auto zone it was at the outside bench which is a it's kind of like threshold the outside bench the threshold is like the on deck circle to the auto zone's home plate that's like where you you kind of get ready and then in the <laughs> auto zone we've seen traditionally in the auto zone like big things can happen there tonight not so much yeah No. The AutoZone was kind of an afterthought, unfortunately.
1: Underutilized.
0: But let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We start this season twenty-six hometowns playoff round one the same way we've started every episode this season with an intro tonight on the bachelor ultimate viking and serene look to be ziplining or bungee jumping you can't really tell what this is in the promo we find out later it's jumping off some giant structure with a fucking wire or something
1: a water slide
0: look next time i visit my parents i'm going there then we see <laughs> That uh, Ultimate Viking meets all the families. We see Susie LL3-ing. We see a kiss with Gabby. Recky is jumping in some water. We see some prone play. Serene is LL3-ing to mom. Hot tubs, kisses. Families raising those skepticism walls. And dads are adamant about protecting their daughters. And then we begin portion one. We don't have any fucking around here. This is why the playoffs are so good. It just starts right (laughs) on it hometown one we are in there's no fucking around there's no pretending to get ready there's some ponder shots we can deal with that but we're right there we see a couple of shots and then it's pacoysin virginia i hope i'm pronouncing that right we see that chiron on the screen and we are into the first hometown ultimate viking is waiting in the woods near a lake (laughs) I love what they just have him fucking like he's in some environment just like wandering around as though like they just release him and then he fucking wanders over to a lake and this is where it's all going to happen.
1: By the way, I was talking to someone last night who listened to the podcast and they were like, why do you call him the ultimate Viking?
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: And just to be clear, we call him the ultimate Viking because on Michelle Young's season, he won the group date competition in which they competed to be the ultimate Viking in Viking Stadium with a bunch of Um, bystanders who were pretending to be Viking champions, and they made them give a guttural yell, and he yelled
0: I AM THE ULTIMATE VIKING!
1: And that got him the the W and the title.
0: Yeah. Well, they had to do a bunch of things, too. Screaming, throwing logs around. I mean, just a bunch of weird shit, but he is the Mm -hmm. ultimate Viking. We didn't make that up. He won the award.
1: We did not give him that nickname.
0: And I will constantly honor him with the award. So... The ultimate Viking waiting in these woods near a lake. He's ITMing that he hasn't said the words yet to any woman, meaning love. But meeting the families will help him make sense of these confused feelings he has. And then we see Susie walking across a bridge. They meet in the woods. Susie waves, both hands, no approach yet. Then as he gets closer, she says out loud... I'm going to come to you. A verbal initiation of the approach, which is the first of four components of a Hoojoo. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a playoff Hoojoo. This ain't like the Hoojoo's in the regular season. You can have regular season Hoojoo's that take place on one-on-one dates where there's no real competition. The cameras may not even be on you that well. You can have people getting them out of group dates, running out of the pack, and they have all this other stuff attached to them here. Here. Each of these players is given a stage to perform on. The producers are teeing them up and saying, you're going to do this Huju. They're putting them on paths where they have enough room to run. All of this is very planned, very produced. You're given an opportunity here to shine in the playoffs with your Huju. And Susie Evans does a pretty good one here. She says, I'm going to come to you. And then although It's a short approach. She does get enough momentum to enter into a double-leg squat thrust jump, elevating her over the Ultimate Viking's hips for a mount that puts her high up on his torso and allows for this double ankle lock in the cling where she gets in a few kisses as she says, welcome to Virginia. We don't get any dismount footage here, which is just bad producing. If you're going to set up something like this, where you force them to do a fucking Huju and you want to see if they can do a good Huju, show me the Huju. Why cut off the dismount? I will never understand this, but they cut <laughs> off her dismount here. Wish we would have seen it, but at least the first three segments of her, you were extremely well done presented properly as well. And it was a great note. I thought to kick off the playoffs again, it's hard for me to give it a rating because I don't know what the fucking dismount was. But I would have given this high eight, low nine, probably. This is a very Ooh. solid fucking huju. So thank you, Susie Evans, for the inaugural hooju.
1: You would think that an AI created to win The Bachelor would perhaps do a ten. But.
0: I assume she did. I'll never know. The footage is gone. <laughs> it's like somebody hits a fucking home run, and then they <laughs> you're watching it on TV, and they cut it right before it goes over the fence, and you're just like, was it a home run or? It looked like it, but I don't know.
1: Susie is ITMing that today we're going to find out if Clayton likes being choked. We cut to two jujitsuers, a man and a woman. And Susie loads a PTC that she used to struggle with body image, but now she sees her body as a weapon. And we meet one of the jujitsuers, a man named Brendan... Who used to train Susie and looks very intense. And this man, Brendan, who used to train Susie, who then shows them how to do something called shrimping. <laughs> he lowers himself to only do the throwaway joke from this season and focus on that. He was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week
0: brendan was also my poor hey poor hey poor hey poor hey moreno bystander of the week I used to love mixed martial arts. It was the sport that I really knew a lot about, kind of like our beloved game now. I haven't watched it in a long time, but it was very fun for me to see mixed martial arts, or at least one of the things that mixed martial arts practice, jiu jitsu, come into our beloved game. It was like two worlds colliding. It gave me a nostalgic feeling. I can't thank you enough for that, Brandon, and for uh, kind of fostering this fantastic hometown activity
1: Did you know that my body is also a weapon Yours is I did karate
0: Oh I didn't Nice
1: I was a I was a child but I was a red belt three stripes
0: Damn
1: That's one below a black belt That's crazy But then I quit
0: oh.
1: <laughs> Anyway Susie gets Clayton to change into a gi and they learn how to shrimp from Brendan And Susie says, turns out Clayton does like being choked.
0: She gets him in a triangle and taps him out. A triangle is that move she did where you basically like lay on the ground and you put your knee under the back of one of your other legs and you trap in that hole their arm Mm -hmm. and neck. And then you squeeze and pull their head down and it will pass a person out. So she tapped him out here, which was pretty good, I thought. But this hometown (laughs) activity, in my opinion, was Fantastic. It was very reminiscent of one of the first professional players of all time, a player named Madison Pruitt, who took Peter Popeye Weber to the Auburn basketball arena where she schooled his ass in something she's good at, an athletic activity she's good at. Show off. I like this because it combined, there were flavors of uh, Hannah Brown in it as well. It was Madison Pruitt, but I just started conjuring these images of Hannah Brown on the with the stick forced violence group date on season 23, Colton Underwood, where they go learn Vovinam, a Vietnamese fighting system that includes sticks. She looked the same, they're wearing the same gi, kind of it was just like so brilliant.
1: She's re-hitting her that she's a savage as opposed to Hannah Beast. She's yes. like a slight twist on Hannah Beast,
0: but she's showing us these reflections of Hannah Brown. I don't know how purposeful this was, but it's making the producers see that. Anybody who was also working on season 23 is like, that's Hannah Brown. She should be the next Bachelorette. It's in their brains. She's doing Mm -hmm. such a good job manipulating the third audience with this. Oh, fuck. It was just brilliant. So well done.
1: I mean, the memes write themselves, the comparative memes of Hannah Brown's date with this one. I agree. Now they go to the Virginia Beach Fishing Pier, and Susie reveals she also has a bumpkin knit game, Virginia Sue, to go with Country Clayton. And Virginia Sue says that she's really different from where she's from. Her dad was getting sick, and one of the most heartbreaking things for her is the thought of walking down the aisle without him. He set the standard for her person.
0: So she's laying this PTC over her hometown, getting you ready for that. She's going to use an emotional heartstrings technique with her family. It's going to have to do with her dad being sick and this idea that he's not going to be there, which is fantastically done. This is not a wall play. It's a re-hitting of the PTC and now making the PTC more human by introducing you Mm -hmm. to the person it was about. Brilliant, brilliant play.
1: And the locations that these things have happened in you give a lot more emotional resonance to the ptc on the hometown date
0: absolutely and now we begin portion two. <laughs> oh my god okay portion two it's night we see a crane silhouetted against the dying light of the virginia sky as day gives way to the sinister magic of night this was not my creature of the week and then we have the meeting of the family. The meeting of the family is always the second half of all hometown dates, pretty much. There's some mix and in matchy ones. Era. Yeah, but in the modern era, that's how it always goes. And we're going to meet mom, dad, sister, and friend Lauren. And we see an American flag proudly waving at the front door as the ultimate Viking. <laughs> and Susie Evans walked through the drizzle with an umbrella toward the front porch. And ultimate Viking is ITMing that he wants approval. As he walks in and he cringles the family with some flowers and a small decorated bag. And you'll notice he has the exact same flowers and exact same small decorated bag for every hometown. The gifts that the lead cringles the families are all planned by and provided by the producers. The lead has nothing to do with them.
1: And they're specifically gendered. The dad jokes about the flowers being for him. But no, we all know the flowers are always for the female.
0: Yeah, flowers are for mom, bottle of liquor is for dad.
1: They talked to the family briefly about Susie's limo exit being the, the buzzer that she shocked him with. And he says, after the first date, it felt like we were dating a year. It's kind of preemptively defending against the, how quickly they're going to get engaged scenario. Time attack. And dad And Susie talks, Susie asks about his health. He says he has an MRI tomorrow and Susie re-hits that she doesn't want to talk about it, but for the second time, she's going to bring it up that she's thought about him not being there on the day that she gets married. She produces tears. Then we see Clayton with the dad and the dad says on one of the worst nights, she slept next to my bed. That's the type of person you're getting. I'm surprised no one's nabbed her yet. And Clayton asked if the guys before him were dumb as a box of rocks. And the dad says, my wife and I look up to her. But when you guys walked in the door, there was definitely something there with you guys. Dad, glow. I defer to her judgment. Dad, blessing. Beautifully done.
0: You think that's a blessing?
1: Yeah. Do you?
0: I feel like it's not. Because the glow is a different thing. The glow must be given. It can't be asked for. You can't walk in and be like, hey, do we look like we're in love? But you can directly Mm -hmm. ask for a blessing. If I was to marry Susie or want to propose to Susie in the end of this, do I have your blessing to do so? We've seen many bachelors do that in the past, openly Mm -hmm. requesting it. To me, that's the only way you can get a blessing.
1: I don't think the question needs to be asked, but I think there needs to be a statement of, are you okay with a proposal?
0: Do you have to use the word blessing? No. Okay. Definitely not. We should also mention that the families have at their disposal against the lead five attacks. These are lines of questioning that the lead is very usually going to have to deal with. Those attacks are time, which is exactly what's happening here. Is it a long enough amount of time to really know who this person is and really fall in love with them and really get engaged? Location. Who's moving where? Have you talked about that? Are you willing potentially to move to wherever she might want to go? Other women, there's still three other women left. How are you handling that? Heartbreak, you better not hurt my daughter. We we saw that attack <laughs> issued almost universally. And then values. Mm-hmm. This is how well do you really know each other? Do you want the same things out of life? Have you discussed how many kids you want to have? What kind of religion you might be, et cetera, et cetera.
1: How would you handle being an interracial couple? That was a... Uh,
0: a famously used attack on season 21, Nick by Rachel Lindsay's hometown. So had to had to be done. <laughs> so those are the attacks that we can expect to see here.
1: I'm going to revoke the blessing. I'm deleting it. <laughs> dad glow. Just get okay. dad glow.
0: Okay. Dad glow. And then Ultimate if I can get some time with Susie's mom. Mom says she's going to be loyal as long as you're loyal. But if not, she'll be out of there. Is this foreshadowing? of something that we know is going to happen. He's intimate with at least two of the final players. Mom asks if he loves Susie, and he does this kind of floundering hesitation. I don't know how much of this was editing. They did it to him later in the episode as well. But he says he's trying to make sense of the process, and he guards himself. He doesn't want to fall in love with four people. But with Susie, there's no question. He will get there. So... I mean, I guess he's foreshadowing his own demise a little bit here.
1: I don't know. It was like very strong feelings for her. He's loading love level one. (laughs) Yeah. These are lowest love levels of a bachelor in hometowns in a while.
0: But he's going to go from love level zero to four in one fucking episode with three people.
1: Yeah. Susie chats with her mom, who says, I can see the connection, Mom Glow.
0: And Susie precogs to her mom. She could marry him
1: see, is this a precog? I thought precog has to be like, I would accept a proposal.
0: You're right. This is more future casting. Yeah. Like I could see myself being married to him, but she says it's scary because he could break her heart. And her mom says that she asked him if he was LL4 to her and said he didn't want to hurt her, but that he could get there. And we see Susie produce tears here. And then we do a group debrief. And this is basically the structure of all hometowns. They'll mix and match a little bit, but it's primarily you come in, You talk to the group as a couple. You recap your own experiences and dates. And we'll see in Rachel Reckie's case, they actually recap her plays as well. And then (laughs) you branch off and each of you go talk to mom, dad, whoever the pertinent family members are. Then you come back together for this group debrief where it's like, oh, that went about as good as it seemed to go. They all kind of like him. They give some hugs and handshakes. And then outside on the bench, on the threshold... The Ultimate Viking playfully says, you better not forget about me. And she says the same back to him. We get some kissing. Nothing in the auto zone. Susie ITMs that she wants him to reach LL4, but she'll have to wait and see. No love levels played here. We didn't see any blessings. We did get the glows. Overall, mm-hmm. a virtually flawless hometown. There was nothing that like stood out. There was no flashy play here, but it was all solid by the book. And, you know, we see what the result is.
1: Solid. And I liked... Th- The choice of the show off group date a lot.
0: Oh, me too. It was, we've never seen anything like it.
1: I mean, I would argue the Madison Pruitt thing is very similar to it. It's like a place where like men usually dominate, but she's dominating. Yeah. Portion three, we get the day portion of Gabby's hometown in the Denver High, Denver, Colorado. She hits that she's been a Broncos cheerleader for five years. And then what do we see?
0: We see the second hooju of hometowns. <laughs> Clayton emerges through some trees. And look, before I break this one down, I have to take one second to acknowledge the fact that Gabby Wendy was performing this on Treacherous fucking Train in like a mountainous area with trees and shit. There's rocks on the ground. Mm. This is not like the other players who are meeting him on like a paved path where people are meant to do who
1: It would have been better on a regulation field.
0: Yeah, this is a non huju zone, but she manages to pull it off here. Still gives it her all. Her approach isn't bad. She's laughing during it
1: like a Kelly Flanagan who you're saying.
0: It was better than that. I mean, it was way better than that, <laughs> You shouldn't bring that one up. That one's uh, best left for God. Don't bring
1: that one up. <laughs> no,
0: it, it was just such a terrible hooju. You could tell she didn't want to be there. You could tell she thought it was a fucking joke, had no respect for the subsport. It just isn't... Yeah. I don't like seeing it.
1: I'm sorry. I, I forgot about how disrespectful it was.
0: It was to the subsport. This one was not disrespectful, though. Gabby's laughing during it, mm-hmm. but that's kind of part of her personality. She thinks everything is funny yeah. and finds the joy in life. It was charming when she did it. So, at any rate... Her mount is a little lazy. She isn't giving herself the proper <laughs> concentration in order to execute like a high level Huju, I felt like. And she doesn't get a great body position against the Ultimate Viking. It's a little low. It forces her to do a slight recalibration in the cling so that she can eventually get ankle lock. It's a cleaner Huju if you just go straight from the mount directly into a double ankle lock cling. That's like a perfect one, you know, which we'll see a little bit later. And... uh I would have loved to have seen that for this one. But nonetheless, she gets some kisses in the clang. And again, we don't get the dismount footage here. All in all, it's a pretty good hooju. I would have given this one probably a high eight, low nine as well. I don't know. We don't have the fucking dismount. Infuriating.
1: Release the tapes. The dismount tapes. Cowards. (laughs) You cowards.
0: (laughs) She jokes with Ultimate Viking about having to cut trees and fight bears to meet her family. I'm
1: doing this for you.
0: Thank you. And then uh, they come out and there's these two backpacks <laughs> sitting near a rock as she's ITMing. Colorado being a mecca for outdoorsy stuff. They put on their hiking boots and they discuss strategies for ad- avoiding death in a bear's jaws. Uh, Colton's telling her you gotta scream at one and play dead for the other. And she's like, how do you know that?
1: Wait, Colton's there.
0: Oh, Clayton, sorry. <laughs> Fuck. What, what can I tell you? I
1: don't know. It's so hard.
0: It's so hard.
1: I was wondering if she's gonna pull a labor of love here and have a person in a giant bear costume scare the shit out of him
0: i would have loved to do that turns out he was the one scaring the shit out of her as he screams at her and pretends to body slam her into the ground and then they get a kiss they hike around these mountains they get up to some kind of summit a place called proposal rock which is just a little bit of a spray painted wooden sign with a style that looks Very similar to a sign we'll see later in the show. And indeed, a quick Google search of Proposal Rock Denver revealed nothing. This is created by the producers 100%. It does not exist. Yes. No. This is something they're very fond of doing, creating these little lookout rocks, these KISS locations. We'll have one of those later in a different hometown that aren't real. But they can use the sign as a way to prop up whatever play might be happening.
1: Proposal Rock not being a real Proposal Rock was by Wowie. Moment, Moment of the game. game.
0: <laughs> Mine is later. Mine comes later, which we'll get to. But I, these things just are like, can they even try to make them look real? Just once in a while.
1: I mean, I thought it was real. Are you serious? So, Yes.
0: Did you not notice that the style... No.
1: I thought it was real, and I was like, oh, these are clever. It's clever to bring them to something called Proposal Rock.
0: And then the other one has the kissing tree.
1: I'm going to have to change all my calculations for MVP.
0: And then the other one just has, like, the fucking Huju pavement, and the other one has, like, I mean...
1: Fimpros Square. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it, Pace Case. Get it together.
0: Oh, fuck. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, Gabby ITMs a precog that she would accept a proposal if he did it. And they get a kiss and she takes him to a second location revealing a hot tub. They get in the hot tub and she's ITMing, waiting for the perfect time to raise her love level. And then in the hot tub, Ultimate Viking asks who he's going to be meeting. Aunt Julie, Uncle Rich, their daughter, and her grandfather, John. And then she PTCs that her dad's girlfriend of 10 years got diagnosed with cancer. And so he can't be there because of COVID restrictions. And we get another kiss. And what happens later is like very strange to me. But she ITMs a loaded love level three. And she wishes her dad would be there to give her some feedback. He's normally the person she would turn to, she says.
1: Portion four begins. We get the meeting of the family portion. Grandpa John, Aunt Julia, Uncle Rich, Cousin, Kira... And Grandpa meets Clayton is like, this is the guy? Good luck. He's joking from the beginning. This guy.
0: We see where she gets it.
1: This grandpa.
0: This grandpa is her. It's the gene that makes her funny. It's in this guy. He passed it down.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: He was great. Very
1: entertaining. Clayton brings up her limo exit and she repeats it to her family saying that she had a pillow of Clayton's face and said, I'd really like to sit on your face. And Grandpa John loves it. He's laughing so hard. It was very endearing.
0: And then he ITMs a glow to him. They look really happy, he says in his ITM. And then Grandpa John pulls the Ultimate Viking for some one-on-one time. Ultimate Viking asks him, what was uh, Gabby like growing up? And John tells him that she's always been a lovable dingbat. (laughs) And then.
1: (laughs) Sounds like my parents. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she's a lovable dingbat, you know. John says she's a good kid and you better be good to her. He tells Ultimate Viking not to be in a hurry and to get to know her. He encourages Ultimate Viking not to run into it so fast. So far, he likes what he sees. But Ultimate Viking could change his mind. Later, he's even joking with Ultimate Viking about, I may fucking turn change my mind and hate your guts tomorrow.
1: Gabby is now with her aunt and uncle, and they ask how she's doing, and she says, I'm in a blender of emotions. (laughs) Very funny. Do you see a long-term relationship? Have you told him you love him? No, I've been very cautious with my words and feelings. This is like loading the sacred word defense. And they love that she's not rushing her love levels. Her aunt says that if she love level threes, they might have a great connection. So she's anticipating that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then we see grandpa and Gabby. And grandpa says, I think he's full of shit that anyone could possibly like you. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, make sure you're going to get married for life, because if not, I'll come back and haunt you. I love this haunting threat. We don't see those usually at the meeting of the families.
0: No, we don't. And Gabby (laughs) even is like, I want you to haunt me no matter what. And starts producing tears. And then we get this very sweet scene where we see that he still wears his wedding ring, even though grandma is dead because he's proud of being married to her for so long.
1: Did you see what was behind that sweet scene? No. A gardening ladder.
0: He's trolling you. Grandpa John's trolling you.
1: I don't know if it would be considered a ladder. Yeah, he's trolling but you. it. But it looks like a ladder. Oh, he's in the pit. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I hope you haunt me too.
0: <laughs> well, before he's haunting either you or Gabby, he is telling Gabby in this scene about how hard it is for you to stay in a relationship and that you both have to be flexible and willing to work at remaining in love. He does like a Uh, impromptu ceremony of the ancients here. I mean, this is Mm. amazing familial play from this guy. He's got jokes. He's producing tears. He's talking. He's doing a ceremony of the ancients. He's doing haunting threats. We've never seen somebody coming with this many tools this quickly, I feel like, for a uh, familial member.
1: The only like grandparent that I can remember doing it was that woman who did her little dance. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Nana? What season was that? I think it was Charlie O'Connell season.
0: Was it? Yeah. I feel like he danced with her. Maybe it was.
1: Yeah. Anyway, shout out to her. I hope she haunts me as well.
0: But I have to say, I don't know that we don't have a sound effect for this quite yet, but Uh Gabby's Grandpa John was my sweet numbs parental player of the game, 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 game. Uh
1: Gabby's Grandpa John was also my Sweet Nums Parental Player of the Game. <laughs>
0: we got to think of a better a better name for it. We'll figure that out. We'll iron it out.
1: She wins my Sweet Nums Parental Achievement Award. No. My Sweet Nums Parental Parent Star. Okay, yeah, you're right. We'll get it later. <laughs> <laughs> call that. (laughs) gabby is in tears about her dad not being there and then we hear a honk honk cliffhanger who's it gonna be do
0: you think and portion five begins we pick up with the final two shots of the prior portion of gabby coming outside tears in the car pulls up it is her dad with a series of signs similar to the end of uh, what was that movie? Love Love Actually. Actually. And she's teasing while this man, who's her father holds up these signs that read, hi, baby girl. It's me, dad.
1: (laughs) He calls her Gabby
0: girl. Oh, I thought it said baby girl. Hi, Gabby girl. It's me, dad. You are the most beautiful, intelligent, loving, and caring daughter. Thank you for being the glue of our family. You deserve the very best. And I hope that's Clayton. Tell Clayton hello that I hope to meet him soon. Then this man gets in the car and drives away. And Gabby (laughs) waves to him as Ultimate Viking is watching from the porch. So I'm confused at this point. Uh, Beyond confused.
1: What is there to be confused about? This was so clear.
0: (laughs) I was told... This man was not to meet any of these people because of Uh COVID concerns about his girlfriend Mm -hmm. who has something that's probably weakening her immune system. It was cancer related, right?
1: Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: she's probably going through chemotherapy or radiation or whatever, which fucking blows your immune system down to zero. And so he's trying to be careful. This requires Mm -hmm. him, however, to at least leave wherever he's quarantining with his girlfriend. I would assume he has to get in that car with somebody driving it Mm -hmm. and then show up at this. So the safety thing is like, I don't know, maybe the person driving is also somebody he's quarantining with, but I bet it has to, for legal reasons, be somebody in the production of the show.
1: Wait, you don't think he's driving? I think he's driving the car.
0: No, he got it out of the passenger seat. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Because he was waving out of the passenger seat as it was driving away. At any rate, oh. this is just something I was thinking about. Beyond that, whatever the case is, let's say it's still on the up and up mm. and everything's great and safe. And so that that excuse makes sense, at least about why he couldn't be there. He wasn't allowed to speak a fucking word. He still could have had a full conversation with her.
1: That is the
0: weird part. (laughs) And with Ultimate Viking. He could have met Ultimate Viking from standing outside the car. Yeah, I don't understand the make the dad do the love actually thing to his daughter.
1: The love actually thing makes sense if like he's lost his voice. Right. (laughs) But we've all done like distance hangs universally like. In the whole world now, everyone has experienced this and you know that you don't have to be quiet. You can yell across a lawn.
0: It's the most, But they could have just given him a fucking, like you could get on Discord and fucking talk to them. They could have given them like a headset so they could talk to each other and record it in perfect crystal clear clarity. There is no reason he should not have had a conversation with them other than this bizarre idea that some producer had to be like, oh, make him do the love actually signs from the fucking car and then drive away into the night. It was one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen in the show.
1: On uh, Real House Housewives of Beverly Hills, they did a COVID conversation hmm. through glass doors.
0: This was just beyond bizarre to me. It totally took me out of the moment made it super strange. None of the other family got to come out and see him. I'm sure they missed him too. If he's been mm-hmm. quarantined up and he can't see any of the family members and all this shit, like they didn't want to talk to him. This was just the strangest thing that I have seen the producers do on A Hometown, maybe ever.
1: It definitely didn't make sense. And I'm sure mm. there was shit cut based on something that happens later. Because <laughs> like it appears that he drives up for 10 seconds, drops these signs, and leaves. Yes. Which by the way, I think you have to get closer to read the signs than you could get closer to hear someone
0: yelling. Exactly. You know though who was a weirder <laughs> one? Was Raven Gates when she took Nick Vile to her hometown and her brother fake arrested them. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, at the at the grain bins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what was weirder? Hmm. I want to say it was it was a woman on Ben Flagg next season and they had a bird funeral.
0: That was weird. No, you know what the weirdest one was?
1: It was, oh, it was Casey. It was the woman who did the batoning. Yeah. That had the bird funeral.
0: That was the bird one. The weirdest hometown was the one, whose goddamn season was this? The woman hired two actors to play her parents and prank The Bachelor?
1: When it was the British one.
0: Matt Grant, the British Bachelor.
1: That was hilarious.
0: Oh, God. This woman hired two actors to play her mom and dad. And the mom actress was like trying to hit on The Bachelor and shit the whole time. So fucking funny. That was a pretty <laughs> weird one. But that actually seemed genuinely yeah. like her idea. This shit's just fucking... Yeah. I don't know what the hell this was. It was very strange. Anyway.
1: No, none of these seem like they were the players' ideas, these dates.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they go back inside and she tells her whole family that it was just dad out there and and tears is and the grandpa John says he thinks Ultimate Viking is going to get along with dad. There's hugs all around. Gabby ITMs that getting in quotes the blessing from her dad was huge. She says getting the blessing from my dad was huge. She did not get that though. She didn't even get a word from his lips.
1: Was it an off-camera blessing?
0: That's what I'm saying. I feel like because she's saying that like, you know, we have our strict definition or whatever, but...
1: When he's driving off, he screams, Blessing!
0: Yeah, exactly. Blessing and glow! Blessing and glow!
1: Or that was one of the cards. I was wondering if they cut any of his cards.
0: This is what makes me think they cut something from this. uh, That maybe there was a conversation. Because what we saw was not anything close to a blessing, in my opinion. I don't think you could misinterpret what we saw as like, Oh, he gave me the blessing to get married to this guy.
1: If anything, he gave the blessing that she's participating in the process. Yeah. Like he's not boycotting it.
0: Right. Exactly. That he's not a dick about it. He's like, I hope it works out with Clayton.
1: I don't know. Do we want to count it as a blessing?
0: Hell fucking no. There's no way that's a blessing.
1: If someone gets a group date rose off camera, we count those.
0: Because there's a, a physical fucking rose. That award is very clearly given. Because this is a an award involving language usage, like there's a little gray area. We have to debate it, you know, every time. I'm I don't know. Do you think this is a blessing?
1: I put it as a blessing. Fuck. Gabby says she got it. I trust her. Do you believe women? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. It's a blessing. You sold me.
1: Okay, we can leave this one as you know what? Let's leave this one to the pit. Let's we'll do a poll. Did Gabby get an official blessing? from her father
0: an official blessing is the parent whether it's verbal or not it has to be that the parent conveys they will support the idea of marriage
1: everyone vote with that definition in mind okay only
0: It's. I mean look are we making rules for this or not you gotta (laughs) have something to fucking hang it on it can't all be just like (laughs) Evans Chambers and shit and night phantom night ones
1: Gabby (laughs) says she got a blessing did she do we believe (laughs) her or not clues you know i'm on my year of health 2024 i'm trying to really focus on that you know i've got my career in order i've got you know other aspects of my life but i eat badly and i take care of myself badly but that is changing now (laughs) i have discovered loomy Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else we get odor. I use their wipes. I use their, uh, they have a traditional deodorant stick, too, which I use. A lovely coconut smell about it. And no matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. They have over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it.
0: It's baking soda free. It's paraben free. It's pH balanced for safe use below the belt. Clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. Twelve hours after a shower, the average person has an odor level of six out of ten. Did you know that? That's. That's a disgusting. high level. With Lumi, the average odor level is guess what? Zero out of ten. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice. You can get mini body wash, you can get deodorant wipes, whatever you want, and free shipping. And as a special offer for everyone listening right now, new customers are going to get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code ROSES at LumiDeodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E Deodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off the starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use that code ROSES. Clues. I
1: quit bras during the pandemic. I said no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle um, And I couldn't picture a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics. And they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year, year of our gore 2024. Mm-hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one it has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch so it's like doesn't look like it's you know a comfortable bra but it is and i guess i'm a bra person again it turns out
0: well congrats pace case i know it's a big step for you mm-hmm. right now you can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com roses use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support game of roses and tell them we sent you treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it.
1: Clues a mother's day is coming up. That's true. You know, that's one of the most important holidays. We got to honor our mothers. They all went through a lot um, to get us here into this planet. And uh, the gifts for Mother's Day, they can be a little predictable and boring. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. You only need one bathrobe, in my opinion. That's why Aura (laughs) Frames is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to
0: moms of all ages. Aura Frames are Wi-Fi connected, They come with unlimited storage. You can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. Not only is she going to be grateful that it's not just another sweater for Mother's Day, she's also going to love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. Or in my case, she gets to see more of my cat, Skaboolian. My mom loves seeing him rolling around, playing with his toys, doing whatever, and I can upload as many images of him as I want every day and my mom gets to see them in her Aura frame and then text me about it for all the rest of the day. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Everybody listening to Game of Roses can save on that perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout To save. Terms and conditions apply. (laughs) No, does she understand what a blessing is or not is really what's on the table here.
1: Anyway, after this, Gabby says, I love how you don't try to change me. I'm falling in love with you. Love level three. And Clayton says, I've been waiting for that. I can't stop smiling. His reaction to all love levels. His smile is going off of his face.
0: He goes, there it is. He was waiting for the play.
1: He said, there it is.
0: Yeah. Like (gasps) a sports talk. To him, it is a sport and he's waiting on it. And she gets it. And she says, seeing him with her family solidified things. There's a kiss. She gets an auto zone kiss. He drives away as she ITMs having a full heart and that she's ready to be engaged and share their lives together. And then they end on this portion on this weird shot of Gabby's boots walking away as she goes back inside. Did you notice that? No. They, it's a shot of her. Her back turns. She starts walking back inside and they pan down to her boots and they stay on her boots for two or three seconds. It was very strange.
1: Was there a little piece of paper sticking out of it that says, Gabby, you have my blessing?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was the final <laughs> card. She walks across the, a card that says, Do you have my blessing. So it went well. She got three portions to, two, to uh, Susie's two because of her dad showing up. She got a glow.
1: Good for you.
0: Again, we don't know if she got the blessing. I don't know. And she used her love level three in the right place here.
1: I'm going to let you start the next portion.
0: Thank you. Portion number six begins (laughs) at its daytime. This is hometown number three, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I have spent some time there myself. This is Serene Russell. (laughs) She walks along a body of water, the sun glistening off it. The ultimate Viking meets her near this body of water, and we are treated to history, ladies and gentlemen. She runs to the Ultimate Viking with a huge smile on her face, conveying excitement, happiness. She gets low down for an explosive jump-style mount. She is not reliant here solely on the momentum of her horizontal movement in the approach. She actually does this kind of like power squat thrust onto him that is athletic as you can fucking think of. It it, it reminded me a lot of some shit Kelsey Weir did. I'll just say that. She is like a cat ready to pounce on its prey. She gets so much air that she perfectly transitions into a high body grip with immediate and full ankle lock. There is not a half second wasted in this. And this allows her to basically cling to his entire body using only leg strength so she can successfully caress his face and neck. She doesn't even have to do Uh, back hand lock around his neck to hold herself up. No. Her legs only.
1: Held up by her legs.
0: It's unreal. So her hands are moving all around his head, side of his face while she's also kissing him, bombarding him with all these kisses. And then we get actual dismount footage. And... (laughs) It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. She breaks ankle lock (laughs) to swing both legs back around and lands a perfect double foot synchronization Uh, Planting both feet one foot, maybe, maybe 14 inches away from the ultimate Viking, never breaking physical contact with him, transitioning exactly into a double handhold while she maintains eye contact the entire time. This is, without exception, there's an asterisk to this, the best huju I have ever seen in my life, 10.0. It is a perfect fucking Hooju. We have seen only one other thing like this. It was Kelsey Weir's first international hooju to Popeye Peter Weber. She had a perfect approach mount and cling, and her mount was much more horizontal. So I think there are different types of Hujus that can be perfect, that can hit that mm-hmm. 10.0. It just depends on your circumstances, <laughs> how long you have to run, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Different style, body type.
0: All of that. Different approaches to it, different uh, you know, as I said, this one relied a little more on Serene's ability to do like a her vertical, you know, whereas Kelsey mm-hmm. Weir's was more like a triple jump almost. It was like, how much momentum can she get going to really launch herself into it? This one was more about like, she basically could have done, done this as a standing Huju, I think. Even that said, she had an incredible fucking approach. Gigantic smile, arms out. I mean, this was just a perfect hoju 10.0. Kelsey Weir's international Huju from season 24 is the only thing that comes close. And that Huju had no dismount footage. So I'll never fucking know if it was actually perfect. This one, it was. I saw it all. Thank you, Serene (laughs) Roswell, for contributing this astounding piece of work to the subsport.
1: I wanted to call you as soon as I saw this happen. I was like, Clues is going to lose his mind. I've never seen anything like this. It looks like it defies physics.
0: Yes. The dismount looked like a computer-generated... Uh, character in, like, The Incredibles or something. It was literally, like, mathematically (laughs) perfect. Her legs, they unlock, like, perfectly in unison. It's like a mirror image. And then they both swing around him to come, like, plant. It looked like a fucking gymnast doing a perfect dismount to me. It was just unfucking real I loved it so much. God damn it, it was great.
1: One little part of it that made me laugh so hard was that she is yelling... It has been forever on her approach. (laughs) Perfect. And this is what I'm talking
0: about. When these producers turn you loose and they're like, now you got to do a fucking hoo Yes, you can think it's funny. You can think whatever, but fucking blow it out of the water. Why not? Why not put everything into it?
1: Why not? Why
0: not? And that's what Serene did. So fantastic. Congratulations, Serene. 10.0. First legitimate 10.0 in history. Kelsey Ware has a 10.0 with an asterisk. You got the first 10.0 ever of all fucking time.
1: Congratulations, Serene. At least you have that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it ain't nothing. Then she asked him if he's afraid of heights and she points to the top of some kind of tower structure where they're going to be doing a high wire obstacle course. And the phrase leap of faith is used a bunch, which is a phrase they use a million times over in bungee jumping, skydiving, anything that has a heights component. And the Ultimate Viking is forced to ITM about obstacles and going higher up in the journey to try and make any of this make any sense, like why they would be doing this and (laughs) what impact it might have on their burgeoning relationship. And then the Ultimate Viking gets scared of heights on one of the obstacles. He makes it across uh, after being kind of paralyzed with fear in the middle of it and then he hugs this pole and he's talking back to Serene, you know, oh, it's fucking terrible. You're going to hate it. And now it's her turn and she just walks across it like she's on the ground. (laughs) Like there's no problem. She makes him look like a complete fool and they make some good jokes about that.
1: She's floating after that hooju. Might
0: as well be. Yeah, she's like, I did a 10.0 hooju. You don't think I can walk across a couple of fucking wooden planks suspended between two fucking poles? Get out of here.
1: She's like that alien lady in uh, Raised by Wolves. <laughs> <you> now.
0: <laughs> sure, she can fly. Uh, then he meets her out on the ledge. They get a kiss, and the Ultimate Viking ITM is wanting to be someone who doesn't give up when it gets scary. And Serene tells him there's only one way down and he's standing on top of this tower, screaming, and he has to jump off it. It's like a wire that slows you down, and he kind of hits this padded mat below. Serene jumps off, no problem once again. No scream, nothing. We get a kiss, and we see some ducks preening in the water, and they were not my creature of the week. And then they're sitting next to the water, and she tells him that seeing him on the tower was a testament to how she's falling in love with him. LL3. LL3. <laughs> And she tells him that it's going to be her mom, but not her dad. We get a little PTC hit here about divorce and having caution about people meeting her family. We get a kiss and she ITMs that she thinks her family will see how happy she is. This is a hope for a glow.
1: Portion number seven, we get Serene's meeting of the family portion. She loads brother walls and then she tells her family that she played her PTC about the death of her grandma and her cousin Clayton goes and talks with the brother who has the walls, and the brother is surprised that Serene played her PTC because that's a big that's a big sign, and he asks if Clayton has love level for Serene, and Clayton says, "No, I haven't love leveled beyond one anyone." <laughs> then we see <laughs> he doesn't say exactly that.
0: Yeah, he's like, "I have one question." Have you love level four? No, I have love level one four, but I have done no love level fours. <laughs>
1: yes, I will love level four three next week in the round of three.
0: They just hold up signs. <laughs> he holds up a sign. Have you LL three? And then he holds up a sign. I have not LL three.
1: How many blessings have you gotten? <laughs> That's what I would do if my sibling would love me enough to go on this show. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh we see serene and her mother talking serene says i love level three I ptc she so she shows <laughs> this made me a little sad she shows her mother the fly jar that some pa made and is like he's so thoughtful he made this for me based on the ptc
0: but also like that the led strip jar the producers brought it with them To her hometown Mm -hmm. and said, here, show your mom this. It's not even that they're making it. They're also like, now you have to use it as a fucking prop. They're forcing all of this.
1: Yeah. Bring it back. When Serene then talks with her brother, she gets a glow from her bro. She gets some tears from her bro. Bro glow, bro tears.
0: And in the end, he says that. She isn't afraid to put herself out on the line for this, and that's what scares him most, that she might be uh, lining up to get hurt because she has no fear and doesn't think about the possible consequences. He hugs her, love level fours her. She love level fours him back. They leave, uh, and we see hugs all around, and then we get our threshold time. They're holding hands, and she says that after today, I'm not falling in love with you. I am in In love with with you. Perfectly executed textbook, Love Level 4 here at the hometown. She's the first player to hit Love Level 4. And she says family time is what solidified at her. Couldn't have gone any better. And they kiss. He does not reciprocate the Love Level 4, of course. And we know mm-hmm. what's coming. You can see it on his face as they're kissing that he knows there he's going to get rid of Serene. But she literally did everything here. In the yeah. auto zone, by the way, he says, I'll see you in a few days. When he said that, like he knew he was cutting her. It wasn't, I can't wait to see you. It's going to be hard not seeing mm. you. It was, see you in a few days when I have to execute you. But she played this as well as it could have been played. Not just the Huju, Yeah, The date was a good date. The meeting of the family was a good meeting of the family. Bro walls, tears, glows. She got everything she could get out of this. And she raised a level before it, you know, ultimately is a last ditch attempt. It winds up being a kind of Hail Mary. But. Had to be played here. She could sense that, and she made the right play. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty hard for me to find a fucking error because it's like... She didn't make any mistakes. It just... Once you get into the playoffs, you can play a perfect fucking game, but it doesn't matter. He's got to eliminate somebody, and unless producers have tapped you to be like the next Bachelorette, basically, they'll try and keep you around till third, I believe. Unless they've done that, or unless you're actually in his top two... You don't have a chance. You can play perfectly here and still you're just going to get iced out, which is unfortunately what happened to her.
1: Portion eight begins. We have the day portion for Rachel, Rachel, Rekia, Rachel, Rachel, Rekia. And we are in a majestic city I knew nothing about, but now I believe is entirely inhabited by pit dwellers. Clermont, (laughs) Florida.
0: Pit dwellers, alligators, and giant spiders. Don't forget.
1: Those alligators and spiders are also in the pit. Yeah. And so are a flock of birds that we see. They rise through the sky. And they are honoring this possible ring winner, probably. They are honoring this player who comes from a town that is filled with people in the pit, and these Clermont Falcons that are obviously pit dwellers were my creature of the week.
0: Interesting. I have a different creature. We'll get to her in a moment. However... Right now, we have something else to talk about. It's Rachel Recchia. She's waiting on a little path for the ultimate Viking, and history is made. They joke with one another about him being the one to, in quotes, jump. She says, are you going to jump? He says, you'll come crashing down. But nonetheless, even in jest, here, he performs the first male-to-female huju in the history of the game. It is the first of its kind. It is terrible, obviously. Again, they're doing it as a joke, but it counts. Mm-hmm. This is a huju. No matter how poorly performed it is, this is a huju performed by the lead to a player, male-to-female. We've never seen it before.
1: No. History is made.
0: Whatever you think of this season, whatever you think of Clayton Eckert... This is something no other lead has ever done. It is something no male player has ever done to a female lead either in the history of the game to our knowledge.
1: I feel like we've seen male players do it to each other before. But
0: yeah, there have been a couple male to male.
1: No, I it's absolutely incredible. I can't believe that we saw it. I think, you know, it's why I think those Claremont Falcons are in the pit. I think Claremont is filled with the energy of the pit. The swampy, swampy pitlands.
0: Yes, I agree. And then Rekia is given the opportunity to perform her actual Huju after this. Now, because Mm -hmm. of the Ultimate Vikings Huju, she does not get an approach.
1: That's okay. She helped make history.
0: She just has to kind of go into it, or at least that's how it looks in the edit. So her Huju does suffer, unfortunately. She gets no ankle lock here. A lot of kissing, though. Certainly more than any other Huju. She almost makes up for the lackluster Huju with her incorporation of what is obviously the strongest chemistry play in the game so far and her dismount is pretty lacking too it's a little disjointed a little sloppy contact gets broken (laughs) jittery steps i (laughs) i don't even want to rate this one but i gave it a 6.3
1: i don't deign to rate it but 6.3 sorry (laughs) their chemistry game is so spicy that I feel like I shouldn't be watching it. And I feel like I've never felt that in the history of Bachelor.
0: (laughs) What do you mean their chemistry game? It's Rachel Reckie's chemistry game.
1: You think she could do that with anyone?
0: She's dominating chemistry play. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Maybe they're meant to be their soulmates, twin flames.
0: Sure. Probably. They walk a path and they come to a thing called King's Landing, which is notably a giant city in Game of Thrones. And she informs Ultimate Viking that they're going to be kayaking in a clear bottom boat down this river. And Rachel Recchia tells him there's alligators, snakes, and bears around. So we know it's in a hostile environment. It's got him, all of his uh, nerves are firing on all cylinders. And they paddle around in the water. We see a gator lazing in the Florida sun. And as they paddle, the Ultimate Viking talks about his fear of being attacked by the gator. And we see another gator swimming around. There's gator Mm -hmm. shots left and right. And these gators would have been my creature of the week. But then Rachel Recchia points out a spider near them. And we get a close shot of the spider, which I think was probably real. I think they sent some poor fucking camera operator to go get a shot of the spider crunching around through the foliage and getting up close and personal to it. And this spider was carrying a back full of babies, which makes it even creepier to some. (laughs) And this spider was my... (laughs) creature of the week. (laughs) The spider is a wolf spider, a big wolf spider carrying her babies around.
1: How did you... There were babies?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of babies on its back. I didn't see that. A certain uh, species of wolf spider will do that. And I have little wolf spiders. One that always comes around my big bay window here. It's like, I don't know. One was there for a long time. I would see it every morning and it would be like a little pet.
1: What do you mean like a little pet?
0: The wolf spiders that I have are pretty cute. Did you feed it? They're like furry. No, I never fed it. I would just like check it out, take a picture of it once in a while. But I liked it. It was a cute spider. This one's a little more terrifying. Nonetheless, uh, I like spiders, so I'm giving it my Creature of the Week.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to move on from You Have a Pet Spider. I'm trying to mentally move on from that. Um, <laughs> we, You know, we've seen a ring winner do a, a gator hometown date before. Yeah. Vienna. From Jake Pavelka's season, his villain edit ring winner took him through the swampy marshes on her hometown.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And they go to the kissing tree, which she says is a tradition here, but maybe it's not, according to bachelor clues, ruining my dreams.
0: Once again, a quick Google search of, quick Google search of Claremont, Florida, kissing tree revealed absolutely nothing. And if you'll notice the way, the writing on that sign is very similar to the writing on Proposal Rock. (laughs) Very similar. That's all I'm saying. And the producers are not known for trying to disguise the same people making their their art that has writing on it.
1: I'm going to do some pulls of my own on this one.
0: <laughs> this is a complete setup so that they can get a shot of them, her sitting up on that tree and just hardcore making out, which is what we now get. Mm-hmm. Under this kissing tree, Rekia is just putting on a chemistry game clinic and they strip down then and jump in the same water that supposedly was like infested with alligators and shit. Where they kiss some more.
1: Yeah, what the hell? They start kissing prone in the gator-infested swamp.
0: Yes, and the prone makeout is a producer play. They will force certain mm. players to do that, get down, make out on the ground so that they can get that prone shot. That's a, a big piece of fantasy suites and hometowns in this case.
1: It reminded me of this Naked and Afraid episode I watched where the guys like was in a swamp And then, like, his feet rotted from being underwater for so long. Jesus. Anyway, Rachel loads Love Level 3. I'm falling in love with Clayton. And she says she wants her family to love Level 4 him. And she says, my mom and dad, my BFF, Sam and Nate, my dad is the toughest critic. He never really liked anyone I brought home. Loading these dad walls hard. She says he's very skeptical, very blunt, tough Italian guy. And his name is Tony. I'm watching The Sopranos right now.
0: Oh, nice. Enjoy. And then Ultima Viking says, he's welcoming of the tough questions. He has to earn their trust and respect, and he says he's okay with that. Rekia tells him she doesn't want her dad to affect how he sees her because I'm falling in love with you. She reiterates that love of three and throws on a kiss at the end to seal it with that chemistry game. You'll also notice through this whole hometown, Rekia has a bit of a horse voice. I don't know if that's real or not. Could be a play, <laughs> a play. Could be real. Might have gone out the night before so she would have the horse voice so that it gives her a little bit of that, like, I need to be taken care of a little bit. She has a an illness kind of tinge to her, you know?
1: Uh-huh. An IFI.
0: It's a little bit of an IFI. IFI sore voice play. That's IFISVP.
1: And it's like, you're going to have to do most of the talking on this hometown date. Don't make me do it.
0: Exactly. Brilliant play. Everything she does is brilliant. Let's just be real. I'm real. Portion nine begins. It's nighttime now. We get the meeting of the family. Ultimate Viking approaches the home with the same producer gifts in hand. We see another American flag on the porch.
1: Another American flag at the threshold. Yep. Praise be our beloved game.
0: And we get that. Little kiss right before they go in. She hits him with one more chemistry play. Then they go in. We get hugs all around. Dad, Tony, gives a handshake and looks skeptical. He is the opponent here for the Ultimate Viking. They're definitely setting up a rivalry play. We see the group talk, and uh, they once again do the recap for the family. Dad does not look enthused. I don't know if this is out of context, though. I don't know if the they're editing it to make him seem like standoffish, and maybe that's not the actual time that he was looking mm-hmm. like that during the conversation. They they definitely cut those things out of order for whatever their purposes are.
1: It's also a good cop, bad cop situation because the mob is screaming every line that she has, Oh my baby. Yes. Clean you're a good guy. <laughs>
0: And then Rekia even tells her parents that she got two GDRs, group date roses, back to back. Oh,
1: my God.
0: All the whole family is, like, losing their fucking shit over this. They know immediately what that means.
1: Yeah, they're in the pit. Two GDRs in a row. Haven't seen that since Bristow. I bet they cut that line out.
0: <laughs> 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 they probably did. They, they fucking pull out our book. They've got, like, all the fucking... Ro- they've got a big chart of rose quotients and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. They have a hundred copies on their shelf.
0: Tony is still refusing to smile through all this, which is like, again, we don't know if that's true. Then her friend literally says, I've never seen you glowing and happy. Uses the word glow. Literally says the word glow. And that ain't the last time we're going to hear it during this Rekia hometown. And then dad produces tears here.
1: It ain't the last time you hear it in her line. She says, I have never seen you this glowing and happy. I'm serious. I haven't seen you glowing like this. Hits the glow twice in one line.
0: Double dipping into that glow pot. And then the dad does a double dip (laughs) into the tears pot. Dad cries at the end of this. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now... They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked.
1: You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine, tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare.
0: And it's like, well, what are you trying to tell me here, producers? Is he crying or is he... I thought you were the bad cop. Exactly. They all cheers to coming together and Rachel's friend, Nate, (laughs) ITMs that she is glowing in a way he's never seen her. I had that here. And then it's almost as if his family somehow knew exactly what to say and do. I mean, they just know everything.
1: (laughs) Just like the, the Clermont Falcons, this family, these friends. I feel all of them are in the pit. I say hello to you right now. I'm sure you're listening right as this comes out. I, I don't know what to say. I loved this hometown date so much. <laughs> I felt like I was with my pit family.
0: Indeed. And then we get some one-on-one time with Nate and Rachel Reckia. He asks her, how are the other people feeling? Uh, the ones that are still in the game? She says, he's never given her a reason to doubt him and makes her feel like the only person there when they're together. And then he asks her about fantasy suites and he uses the phrase fantasy suites by name.
1: Nate's in the pit.
0: Definitely someone who watches the show.
1: Def.
0: He says no one wants to be played. Rekia says she doesn't know where his relationship's is with the other three, and she has to kind of push that out of her mind and just keep forging ahead.
1: So the other friend, Sam, is with Clayton, and she says straight up, I've never seen her with this glow, a second friend glow on this hometown day. I'm weeping. And then also issues a heartbreak attack. I don't want to see her get hurt like that again. And also adding a little, in a little colorful family. We're Italian. We're very protective. Tony don't like nobody. That's not how she talked.
0: No, but <laughs> it is what she said, essentially. And then we see Tony ITMing that he will still beat up a boyfriend if he has to, which I thought was funny. He's like, you get older, but you never want to stop protecting your daughter and I'll kick the shit out of any man I need to. And then we get... The first shot of the one-on-one time between the dad, Tony, and the Ultimate Viking. and We see that Tony's face is all business as he says he has a few questions and we end on this cliffhanger. What are these fucking questions going to be? And we come back to portion number 10 and we are not in that conversation. We're in a different conversation now.
1: No. (laughs) Why would we be in the same combo?
0: One-on-one time with Rachel and her mom. Her mom glows Rachel immediately, and Rachel says she could see him as her husband. She tells her mom that she told Ultimate Viking that her dad doesn't like anyone. And then we cut back to the conversation. It's Ultimate Viking and Tony the dad. And Ultimate Viking tells Tony the Dad that he'll answer any question and he'll be transparent. And Tony the Dad asks him what he knows about Rachel beside the exotic locations. Do you know her dreams, Ultimate Viking? Yes, I do. We've talked about her being a pilot and her passion for that.
1: He also says, what do you know about her besides pizzazz?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, he knows that she wants to be a pilot. And then Tony the Dad uses his first attack. It is a location attack. Asking... What would happen if she wanted to go to Europe for a year for a job? And Ultimate Viking says he's down to go to Europe. He just Mm. wants to be with her. And the dad issues the other girls attack.
1: He can make pizza reviews anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's right. They got great pizza in Italy. And then Ultimate Viking says that he knows he's going to have to hurt somebody and it makes him sick. Dating 30 women is not fun, but meeting someone like Rachel makes it all worth it. And Tony, the dad, asks him how he intends not to hurt her. This is the heartbreak attack. So he's issued three here in one conversation and he future casts a little Ultimate Viking does and says he's going to continue to take steps to not hurt her intentionally. Dad then says, Tony the dad, I can't give you my blessing because I haven't talked to my daughter yet. And until she says, dad, this is the guy that's special to me, you're not going to get the blessing. And he shakes Ultimate Viking's hand, but he says something here. He says, I'm going to talk to her. And if she puts in a good word, I'll pat you on the arm when you leave. I'll shake your hand and pat you on the arm. He's developing coded language here, coded body language specifically with the Ultimate Viking. This will be a physical code that he enacts to let Ultimate Viking know everything went well. And technically, that's a blessing, in my opinion. Dad is basically saying, I'm not going to say the word blessing, but if I tap you on the shoulder, that's what it means.
1: Tony... Rachel Requia's father saying he can't give the blessing until he talks to his daughter and she says you're special, but I'll give you a tap on your arm when you leave if I have secured the blessing from her and setting up this. When I saw that giant American flag, I was not anticipating a super secret feminist signal blessing dad play. I was expecting a Lord B dad situation and this Play, which I am just going to assume is set up by Rachel Recchia, was my play, 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 play of the game. I loved this. I loved Mm. this so much.
0: Fuck, you've kind of convinced me. Ah,
1: I thought you were going to give it the way you were describing it.
0: This was also my. play 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 of the game i thought that it was just coming from the dad but now i'm like rachel Reckia did this this is all under her watchful eye all to her design you know let me just play this out in my mind rachel reccia comes in there and is like dad look I'm going to need you to give a fucking blessing and I'm going to need all of you to give Mm -hmm. glows. I want a glow from every fucking one of you. I want multiple Mm -hmm. from you, Nate. And I want multiple from you, Sam.
1: Dad, you're going to get your fucking tear goo out. You're going to put it in your fucking eyes.
0: That's right. You're going to cry as soon as we sit down, Dad. And you're not going to fucking stop. But more importantly, I need you to give the blessing. And the dad's like, honey, I'll do anything for you, but I can't do that because... As I've said to all your other boyfriends, Mm -hmm. I hate all these people. I'm an Italian father. I got to be protective. And she says, how about if you don't have to say it? And he goes, I'm listening. Okay. You're going to tell him that if you give the blessing, you're going to give him like a coded signal, a tap on the arm. Will that satisfy you? And he's like, yeah, I can do a tap on the arm. And here we are. We cut to, they're all hugging. We see the dad is shaking his hand. And here is, Unfortunately, a heartbreaking thing happens. The producers are too bad at this to know that they need to station a camera operator to get a clean shot of the tap. We don't get a fucking clean shot.
1: We have to have Clayton explain it.
0: You have to have him explain it. And then they play the shot they did get in which the motion itself is completely obscured by Ultimate Viking's body. This is just utterly terrible. You shot the scene. You know it's going to fucking happen. You're literally waiting to see if he's going to do it. You have to then come back and do this weird slow motion shot with an ITM explaining what the fuck you're watching. Just terrible.
1: Sad. Sad to see that.
0: Nonetheless, the play is made. It was just terrible coverage, but the play here is made. And uh, it was incredible. So he gets a, a nonverbal blessing, which I don't know if we've ever seen. Other than if you want to count Gabby's dad with the cards. <laughs>
1: I think we have gotten it before, but it started me down this path of thinking about like what other types of like blessings you could set up. And I was thinking of one that would be um, kind of like that horror movie, but you know what? I'm going to discuss it with the family. And if we decide that you collectively get our blessing, once you guys go outside to the threshold and you're in the auto zone, I'll blink the front porch light three times. And then you've got my blessing.
0: Ooh, Nice.
1: Oh, you know what I was thinking of is the Lauren Bushnell blessing, which was on FaceTime, Ben Higgins.
0: That was verbal, though. Anyway, after this blessing, the ultimate Viking and Rich Regga go out on the porch and they hold hands. And She tells him that tonight makes her feel even stronger to be able to see him with her family and friends. And she whispers to him, if I was falling for you before, I'm falling even harder right now. And then she says she sees them at the end of this and he tells her that meeting the family meant so much to him. They thank each other. Kiss, 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 kiss. More chemistry play. I was going to give this strange LL 3.5 my play of the game because it's such an astute play. She knows. She can feel in this moment Mm -hmm. that she needs to raise her love level. She can sense it. They're on the threshold. They're having this moment. It's like you've just met my family. I do have to raise this somehow. I have to move this to a higher level now. And she does it without even doing it. I'm still falling for you, just even harder now. What the fuck does that mean? Nothing. That's still level 3. You're so right.
1: It's a 3.5. Yeah,
0: but it, <laughs> it fucking, like, it glamors Ultimate Viking. And he's like, oh. And then she puts a couple of kisses on the back of it, and it's just like, done deal, dude. You could tell this man anything. It's just this. she's so good at mm-hmm. this interesting double speak. She gets in that whisper voice. She is playing the hardest core first audience game of any of the players, and I think has been the entire season. Even Susie. Susie's more mm-hmm. of like a on-paper player. Like, she's got everything. He can tell she's a bachelorette. She's got mm-hmm. that aura, you know? I don't know if Rekia has that exactly, but her first audience game is just fucking like, she's a surgeon. This fucking love level three play, you don't see shit like this. Literally ever.
1: No. It was amazing because now she gets to withhold her love level four for whenever she needs it in the next couple rounds.
0: Exactly. And she can use it to potentially promote herself to the next few rounds. She can also use it as a Mm -hmm. final rebuke or reprimand if she needs to go into full victim mode for a bachelorette run.
1: Yes. I was in love with you, but then you slept with everyone.
0: Yeah. Exactly. She's in the driver's seat here. This whole game is hers as far as I'm concerned. For ring. But I still think Susie Evans is going to get... Yeah, for ring. I think Susie Evans is the bachelorette. At this point, after seeing a literal apparition of Hannah Brown fucking doing jujitsu on him, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Am I hallucinating? Is the Matrix glitching? Are we in a fucking metaverse already? I don't know.
1: See, I think Gabby turned in a better crown performance tonight. We'll, We'll get into it. Anyway... Portion 11, we're back in L.A., and the women are heading to the rose ceremony. Clayton checks in with Dark Lord Palmer and says that he had walls. I was afraid to open up, but I'm Love Level 3 with all four. So he's loading this group Love Level 3 to Dark Lord Palmer before he's going to break up with one of them, whatever. Serene reiterates her Love Level 4 in her ITM. Gabby is wearing an amazing blue dress. And we have the rose ceremony. Just like night one, Susie gets first flower. Just kidding. She didn't get it
0: in the document. (laughs) But she did in whatever time is, real time. Second flower goes to Gabby. Then we have some more history being made. The Dark Lord Palmer emerges from the murky shadows to signify the final rose. And we get our first dark touch by DLP. Finally, it took him almost to the end of one season, but he has embraced the darkness. And he touches Clayton in the small of his back and says, this is the final rose tonight. When you're ready. And the third rose goes to Rachel Reckia. And DLP comes out to deliver the official TAMSIG, the official take a moment, say your goodbyes. And guess what he does? A DDT, double dark touch. He does another fucking dark touch on Clayton's back.
1: Wow
0: he loves the dark touch he's addicted to the dark touch i predict many more dark touches anytime he has the opportunity to touch anyone now i think he's gonna dark touch them
1: i had some theories on this we haven't seen a dark touch all season dop is just getting his dark lord legs you know but tonight Clinton crossed the love level three barrier with him. He loaded love level three for Ooh. all of them. It's now serious emotionally. So now Dark Lord Palmer is offering him that emotional support in that moment. Like, this is going to be hard for you since you love level oh. three. Here's my dark touch for comfort.
0: I felt when you were saying that, that it was like he's ripening the suffering so that he can consume it. Now that he knows there's going to be massive amounts of suffering, he's like, let me put some dark magic into the mix so that it will taste even better when I consume these souls. He's really, I think, becoming a Dark Lord. That's what Dark Lord Harrison would do.
1: I like how innocently you say that. You're like, well, Dark Lord Harrison sucked souls. So, yeah. (laughs) He
0: did. He did. That was the whole that's his whole purpose. Anyways, Ultimate Viking takes Serene out to the dumping bench and he stammers and then apologizes. She doesn't know what to say. She asked him what it was because he said he had no reservations. And she basically says, Was it what I said? Meaning her love level four. And he says, No, no, it wasn't that at all. I just had stronger connections with the other players and had to follow my heart, which he says basically to every row ceremony. And she's like, All right, stands up to leave. He walks her to the car. Then producers drive her around for a few hours, trying to force her to cry. Before they let her out of the car, as they do with all players at this level, we get a very strange shot. As the car pulls away, we start on a close-up of the license plate of this car, HMA 6503. I googled it. Nothing came up.
1: Why did they show us this license plate?
0: I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Whoever's directing this season is either new on the job and... Doesn't know the visual palette that we use in our blood game, or it's somebody who's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna try some new weird shit." We've had this bizarre shot from mm-hmm. under the glasses when they all cheers. We now have this shot of a fucking license plate on the car. We had the weird shot of Gabby's boots walking across the thing,
1: I, taking up the whole the whole screen. Like I thought, if I didn't care enough to Google it, but I thought at least if you googled it, it would be some. Online joke. Nothing.
0: Nothing. It's nothing. Nonetheless, <sighs> in the back of this car, Serene says that she LL3'd him and ll 4 him. And if that doesn't do something for him, there's nothing she can do. Essentially, left, left it all on the field. It's not entirely true. The game consists of more than just love levels, it does have other elements. But she says she gave it her all, which she did. And she can feel herself closing back up. And that's why she has nothing else to say to him. And then we see next week. Monday and Tuesday, two-night event. Monday's Fantasy Suites. Tuesday is going to be the Women Tell All, and we see Ultimate Viking, Love Level 4, Susie. He's making out with everyone. He drops the Intimacy Bomb. We see Tears. Shouldn't have to ask a future husband not to sleep with somebody else. Somebody says, it sounds maybe like Susie. He's so broken. And then the Women Tell All explosive is what DLP calls it. Shanae, Elizabeth, and Cassidy are featured in the promo, and Shrimp, of course. And then in the tag we see Gabby inspecting the Ultimate Viking's feet and he admits to not getting pedicures and she says it will be a deal breaker if he does not shave his hobbit feet. (laughs) And that is the presentation of Hometowns. That is the first round of playoffs of our beloved game, season 26, The Bachelor. Who was your MVP?
1: Well, just sorry, just real quick before, um, because they're going to do an episode Monday and Tuesday and we did not know this, I'm actually going to the premiere of my friend's film Juniper at the Santa Barbara Film Festival that day at 2.30 p.m. It will also be Thursday, March 10th at 8.30 p.m. If anyone's in the Santa Barbara area, I will be at the Tuesday showing. And so for that reason, we are going mm. to do the Monday game breakdown on Tuesday, and then we'll have our Tuesday game breakdown come out on Friday where we usually have to have been.
0: And now... Who was your MVP?
1: For her wilderness hoo her precog, her love level three, her maybe blessing, her tear play, her grandpa play, her grandpa glow, Gabby Windy was my... M-M-M-M-V-P. She had the tearjerker, love actually whole thing with her father. She that got, you know, cliffhangers. She ended up getting multiple portions. And I think she did the best audition for Crown in this episode of just continuing the colorful narration, like just being someone you want to have a beer with, you know. She's she's a Caitlin Bristow, Katie Thurston, free spirit type, slash fool, and I think that that season would be fun to watch. Who is your MVP?
0: I agree with you. She was not my MVP. I agree with what you're saying, and I think she will never be the Bachelorette because she's too funny. Even Caitlin Bristow has that like, she can be serious. Gabby Wendy does not have that, I don't think. I don't know, though. Maybe it'll happen. At any rate, this week, Rachel Reckia was my... She did not only everything right, she did it at a level higher than all other players, in my humble opinion. And her chemistry game is so far ahead of anything any other player is doing. I think she's got whatever she wants out of the show. I think she has a straight run to ring if she wants it. And if she can victimize hard enough, she could be the next crown if that's what she wants. That fucking love level three and a half, Jesus Christ. She knew how to save Love Level 4, but still feel like I'm upping this. That, to me, sealed it in terms of an MVP.
1: Look, that hometown was amazing. I love the whole family in the pit.
0: They all were. (sighs) They they all were perfect. But she was just playing at a level that was like, it's not only perfect. Like She's doing everything correct at the right times and shit like that. She's throwing these fucking spices on it that like none of the other players are doing, in my opinion. She had the only footage that we saw of Prone play as well. (laughs) Which is a third audience game thing. They all do that, but she had the footage of it in the document.
1: Don't you think that was to gross us out to be like, ooh, prom play in a swamp?
0: No, I don't think so. I think it's to build that strong chemistry game, that story of it, which they did with her. But yeah, the love level three and a half for me was like, that's some like high level superstar type shit right there. Blew everybody else out of the water, in my opinion. And her love level three and a half beat Serene's love level four. Yeah.
1: And perfect to
0: Yes, exactly. So that is it. Thank you for joining us for our breakdown of the first round of playoffs in Bachelor season 26. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwa bat?
1: It has been 7,281 days without an Asian Bachelor. Praise be.
0: please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then